Hello, I'm Tom Bailey, and in today's speaker stories episode, I'll begin to know Ian Dixon, who's an international business speaker and multi-award winning executive coach and mentor. So Ian, hello, and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Listen, Tom, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'll always make space for these kind of things. Um, I've had an interesting journey and I want to help as many people as I can. And your podcast is a fabulous platform to be able to do that. Oh, Ian, I really appreciate that. And just out of interest for those listening, whereabouts in the world are you right now? I'm by the seaside. So I live down in Hampshire in the UK and um, I moved down here from London after being a policeman uh, back in the 1980s. And I've never looked north since, to be honest. If I get north of Luton, I tend to get a nosebleed. So, uh, but I love it down here by the seaside. Oh, awesome. Sound, sounds great. And I just want to share just a little bit more about you before we do get started. So I have stalked Ian online on his website and read his bio. And I've discovered that he has delivered over 500 keynote speeches, seminars, leadership training and presentations globally. And has previously been crowned the European Seminar Coach of the Year. He's been coaching for 17 years and in that time has coached over 600 businesses. So clearly today an accomplished speaker, Ian, but I'd love to ask, has it always been this way? Were you always a great speaker and or were things a little shaky in the beginning? Shaky is probably not the word, really. Um, petrified, which is yeah. a common, like, you know, we fear speaking more than dying, all the, all the old cliche things. I was that person. I am naturally an introvert. Um, so let me give you the takeaway line right at the start of our podcast today. Uh, back in 2005, my first into my second year of uh, being a business uh, mentor, business coach, I was absolutely struggling. And I was sat alongside a multimillionaire eating spaghetti bolognese in Los Angeles. And he said, how's it going? And I said, I'm going to use the S word. It's shit. Like, I'm really struggling. And he turned to me and he said, this is pre-social media. And he said, Ian, if you want to be successful in business, get on stage. Yeah. Like, it was the, like, I can hear him saying it now. Back then, that was a physical stage. So I came home petrified oh my god I can't do that and then I'm looking at the telephone thinking I can't do that either I like you know do you want to buy my stuff do you want to buy my stuff so I thought well you know what I'll do some low-key seminars for free because I'm rubbish and so 10 people turned up 15 people turned up 20 people turned up and it just kind of slowly grew and whilst I was petrified of it I clearly was capable of doing it. So, um, and it slowly grew. So that that is kind of how it started way back then. But I promise you, Tom, I abs- I've got a recording of it. I've never watched it. Petrified of walking out in front of 10 people, uh, let alone sitting in the audience. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm sure a lot of people listening will resonate with where you were and and you've, you've hinted at this already but the title of this podcast is succeed through speaking so what does that mean to you do you think that speaking is linked to success and, and, and how so so um I did a fab you know I've, I've got to meet some amazing people I did some work with um oh my god just I'm getting old I can't remember his name but it'll come back to me yeah. um Anyway, it was called The Expert Economy, 
And mm -hmm. uh, the guy who wrote Key People of Influence, uh, why can't I remember his name? Daniel Priestley. Daniel. So I did some work with Dan and um, uh, I, like I was, I did a co-event with him. He asked me to, to do a guest speak. Expert economy. And the research I did, one of the big takeaways on the research for the expert economy is to be recognized as an expert by being a speaker and being a presenter. And But bearing in mind, I was over 10, maybe 12 years in. So it was a bit of a retrospective uh, view of uh, the success of that. But then this whole thing about, you know, to be successful in business, get on stage, started to resonate with me. I think, well, that's why this has happened then. So yeah. it, people in, in my community in Hampshire before, you know, we went ended up on Zoom, used to, uh, people would ask, who should I speak to about? And they'd say, speak to that guy because he does free events. You know, he's a, a speaker. He knows his stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think anybody that steps out onto a stage, whether that be this is a stage nowadays mm -hmm. or a physical stage that is uh, confident, capable and delivers good content, uh, massively increases the expert needle. So, and so then people will start, you know, one, one of the things I used to say about my events, the worst thing that will happen is 25, 30 people will go away and say nice things. Like, you know, even if they don't want to buy my stuff, they'll say, you should go to that. It's quite good. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. the long and short is, um, it's not for everybody. You know, I'm not going to pretend that not everyone can be a leader. I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the fact that you, you know, it's a lot of this is DNA. You'll never catch me catching Usain Bolt. So, so I think a lot of this is DNA, <clears throat> but for me, I've personally found that rather than pick up the telephone, I, even though I didn't realize it, standing in front of an audience, one to many actually was a fabulous route to market for me. I gave stuff away. I didn't feel like I was marketing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, great. And and we talk about positioning and physically positioning yourself at the front of the room is a great way to be seen as the leader because normally in any context, the person stood at the front of the room is the one who's seen as the leader. So yeah, it's a great, great yeah. um, bit of value you've added there. So um, when you think about public speaking then, and, and obviously you are a speaker now, um, how much of your career success or, or success in life would you attribute to your ability to stand up and speak in, in public so I, I have thought about this a lot mm -hmm. since the pandemic kicked in and i thought to myself because actually there was two tiers for me one was getting in front of an audience <clears throat> and then the other one about maybe eight nine years after that was then getting in front of a camera yeah and actually it's a very different thing altogether so um there, there are a little bit of crossover but um a, a real big thing for me uh, over two years ago uh, was the realization if I hadn't gone on that journey, I'd probably be driving a bus now. So, you know, I don't think I would have survived. Um, but the fact that I had ticked the um, public speaking box and then felt more comfortable getting into a camera and then the pandemic hit and then I'm right at home in front of Zoom. Listen, everyone's catching up. Don't get me wrong but I was right at home in front of Zoom. So like to the extent within less than nine months of doing um, coaching meetings on Zoom, um, doing some speaking events on Zoom, I was actually traveling the world in my slippers, hmm. training how to deliver content on Zoom. Great. Love now, it. And if I hadn't gone down, you know, listen, some of the, one of the things I say about luck in business is hard work. If you work hard, that's when the luck kicks in. So, yeah. so I think that I got lucky because I worked hard without realizing we were going to have a pandemic. So, 
yeah, save my bacon. I, I love it. And, and it's such a great transferable skill. So, you know, if you can speak in front of a thousand people on a stage, how much easier is it to have those small conversations to facilitate, to coach, to, to, to use stories heading in everyday interactions. So yeah, great, great transferable skills. So you've mentioned already that you were petrified of public speaking and you remember back to delivering those small presentations in front of 10 people. How did your first presentation go? Can you remember, can you remember those shaky beginnings? So it reminds me of doing um, uh, best man speeches. Yeah. I have too much to drink and I have no idea what I said. So <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, the best real life story I can give you is um, I had won that uh, a um, seminar award, um, which was delivered, was given to me by um, global coaching organization. And they asked me to go to Los Angeles and share what it was I was doing that was making the attendance level so high on my seminars. So I went to Los Angeles and I, it, this was to 500 peers. This was mm -hmm. 500 business coaches. I was, I didn't sleep like no. it proper made me that it was like one of the, there's a thin, probably three or four real big ones where I thought, Oh my God. And that was one of them. I, I have no recollection, Tom. I honestly, to this day, I can remember going into a, 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 a side room in the hotel that was stacked with chairs and grizzling afterwards because I felt like I'd failed. Mm -hmm. I bigged up the opportunity. Thought, oh my God, this is an, how wonderful is this? How far have I come? I did my talk and I came off and I felt like I'd fluffed it and I missed stuff and uh, I, it's all a blur, but I went off and, and hid myself away and had a bit of a grizzle because I thought, you know, it's a one shot thing. I'm never going to get this opportunity again. Um, but I put too much pressure on myself and actually all the feedback I got was amazing. So, but personally I put too much pressure on myself. So, so I think a bit, if, if we're looking for messages or lessons is not to take it too seriously, you know, ums and ahs, so what, you know, we're all, we're all capable of communicating. So, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's one or 10 or 50 or a hundred and, and the top tip, actually, once it gets to a certain level, you can't see them all anyway. So it yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. And the, the, one of the biggest lessons I had to learn was that most of the people sat in that audience actually want you to do well. Of course, they've, no one wants you to fail. No, they've decided. Some to, of them are paid money. You know, exactly. they, want, they want some good stuff. They've so. either invested money or time to come and listen to you. So they're sat there wanting you to do a great job. So, yeah, you're putting so much pressure on yourself and you, you almost think that the audience are putting pressure on you. But in reality, it's, it's not the case. So when you do think back to that first presentation, then what advice do you wish that you could give to a young Ian? Oh, that's a great question. So, um, I, that, that's a great question because I don't want this to sound, because I, I am genuinely an introvert and I'm mm -hmm. modest, you know, I still get imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely feel like I did an okay job with it. I, right. So, um, don't so a piece of advice I would give myself back at the start is don't get hooked and and I've listened to some of your videos don't get hooked up on uh, shadow boxing and rehearsing actually there is the the best piece of advice I can give you is get to me you know get in front of real people because it's impossible to articulate the feel and the energy that you'll get back 
if you're in your living room with a PowerPoint on the wall, trying to, you know, deliver your content and, and you know, are indoors or the kids are listening, it ain't the same. So you can shadow box in a gym all day long. The minute you get into a ring, it's a very different game. So, so go to safe environments like your um, uh, Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. and actually, networking is a fabulous safe environment to stand up, even though you only get a short period of time. Um, they all add up. So um, get in front of people because you cannot replicate energy, feedback, and all, all that that uh, real stuff that comes at you. So yeah. you know, and one of the big things for me is engagement, and it's which has been a big struggle with Zoom. Um, it's very difficult to get engagement rehearsing. Well, in fact, it's impossible to mm -hmm. get engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and almost if you over rehearse and you script and you try and memorize this script, you're effectively just going there quite robotically, just delivering stuff into an empty, you know, empty audience. Whereas if you're trying to read the room and engage and, and smile and get eye contact, that, that's such a better way to, mm. to deliver. Mm. So we're talking here about in the early days. Um, but what about those people listening that would love to be a keynote speaker and maybe they're already speaking a little bit? Um, what advice would you give to somebody wanting to really pursue a career as a paid speaker? Well, so uh, how bizarre. So Wednesday, I was at the XL in London, a keynote mm -hmm. speaker at Europe's biggest business show, the, the business, business revival show this year. Yep. And somebody came and sat next to me while I was sat in the keynote um, section and she came and sat next to me and said, hi, my name's such such and I'm, I would really love to be a keynote speaker. Uh, how, how do I, you know, how do I get on the bus? How can I make this happen? And I said, well, you've got to really um, cut your teeth. So um, you know, the Susan Boyle approach to ending up being a keynote speaker at London's XL is destined to fail. So you're, and actually you're uh, robbing yourself of that journey um, of the mileage. So, so my advice is to go cut your teeth in all the booths around the business show, which is what yeah. I did. Mm -hmm. um, and I had no aspirations to be a keynote. I'm still an introvert. So mm -hmm. I had no aspirations to be a keynote. And then what happens is after a couple of years, so it's probably six um, side booth, um, which is 20, 30 people. Mm -hmm. Um, I got an email saying, would you like to do a keynote next year? And it's like, oh my, no, I can't. No, yeah. I, I couldn't do that. So, yeah. you know, what if they find out I'm actually rubbish? <laughs> what if they find uh, out? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the best, you know, all I would say is, is don't try and cut corners, go networking, go uh, Toastmasters is a, is a mixed bag. Uh, I think if you go, if you can get yourself into a good group and you get good feedback, the, the thing, if I was to be brutally honest about to not just Toastmasters, but those types of groups is they're inward facing. Mm -hmm. And what you're better off is it's a bit like going to the gym, but sparring. But actually, there is no replication for truly standing up in front of people. My route was to do my own thing. So, so I took my own risk. So that's another route that I'd recommend, you know, put on an event. Um, get 10 15 people to come even if it's your brother your sister and your uncle get them to come and sit in the audience have somebody give you some feedback that you trust and respect don't ask the audience ask somebody that you respect to say you know how was it so um and grow that way so and then eventually people will identify with you you know it's not for everybody so that's how you'll find out <clears throat> yep and and absolutely and and for some people listening that just can't even see themselves st standing up and speaking in front of 20 people and a couple of the early steps that I took and, and recommend are 
to speak on podcasts as a guest, to run webinars so that you can you can then practice in the comfort of your own home before taking that step out into effectively the real world. And mm. um, great. So thank you so much for that answer. So another question I like to ask speakers is around resources. We've, we've, we've talked about advice and, and guidance, but are there any particular resources, books, and anything at all that you've utilized over the past few years to really help you develop as a speaker? So um, I know you went down this route, Tom. So um, I, uh, you know, my journey has been, I don't know that it's been unique, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I kind of just made my, I haven't done any courses, not, I've not even read a book on it. No. So I just felt that um, if, if I know my stuff, um and i truly believe that i'm adding value if i can speak passionately genuinely passionately about what it is that i want to share then why wouldn't i do that so mm -hmm. um so i didn't i I've, i have been on um i did a four day i have, i don't have many people that i kind of aspire to be like no. brendan burchard is i'm a big fan of probably yeah. one of the few people anybody that knows brendan will know who i i'm talking about he's probably one of the few people that i look up to he came to the uk a few years ago and i grabbed a ticket when i did a four day thing with him and he had a guy on there i'm not going to name him but um he is a speaker coach and does speaker courses um uh, and i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it out loud he's a charlatan he's a uh, dare i say thief he the, the guy is selling the dream so um and i've watched him speak he he overspoke by over an hour people were booing um people got up and walked out um so be mindful if you do feel that you want to get a qualification or accreditation or you know get some go on some training that's fine but i truly believe the best thing to do is is cut your own path is do your own thing go networking maybe just do, you know if you know your stuff why not do a two-hour presentation on you know how to plant roses it, it yeah. really doesn't matter so yeah you know we're, we're all capable of speaking there, there isn't a right side of the stage to stand on and then the left side and stand back and stand for there, there, there's a few things that i where i see people make mistakes you know mm -hmm. where they end up getting nervous and so they isolate themselves or they stand up on a platform and actually it's just be human you know and interact and get engagement and yeah i've not read anything i've not watched anything but i'm human right yeah <laughs> like you know i just talk to people so yeah I, I can't recommend any books no. or courses uh, that that's great Car carve your own path and, and really yeah. it's about self-belief and, and mindset as a resource to help you really really go forward mm. and so you've already mentioned the transition that you made during the 2019 global pandemic and mm. um, my next question on this topic is do you think that virtual speaking and webinars is, is here to stay or are we just going to jump straight back into physical in-person conferences what, what's your thoughts so uh, there's two, two trains of thought for me one is a hope and one is the reality um i think uh the the cop-out answer is a hybrid mm -hmm. um i uh i was in geneva last week uh doing some work some speaking work uh, i was in london this week and on tuesday i fly to south africa for 10 days to do some speaking work and i've just been asked to go to australia again in june so i don't right. know if that answers your question 
Um, but um, the uh, uh, one of the things I talk about Zoom training, I've had as many as 60 black screens where no cameras are on. Yes. It's hard. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not kidding. As a trainer and as a speaker to deliver and for six hours and to deliver content for that period of time when you have no, nothing coming back at you is really hard. Mm. And so one of the things I talk about is yes, it's efficient, but is it? Is it effective? Yeah. Yeah. So is it truly efficient? So it might be cost efficient. Mm. Is it delivery efficient? So I'm excited to get on a plane on Tuesday to fly to Africa to, to do three lots of three days and physically be in a room because I know the conversation will be very different to one-on-one. -on -one, perfect. One-on-three, five, seven, 25. It all gets a bit weird. So yeah. you know, one, I love to ask questions, you know, who in the room has, I can't do that on zoom. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. So no, good, great answer. Thank you so much. And yeah, very exciting that you are still jet setting around the world. With, yeah, with back on track. Absolutely. And very, very last question from me today is if anyone here has resonated, they, they love what you talk about, want to find out more, where can our listeners connect with you online? So um, I'm very proud of this. Uh, and I've got a very technical friend that has verified it. Mm -hmm. If you type my name into Google, I'm on page one anywhere in the world. And Amazing. I look skyward and my mum would be incredibly proud of that. Uh, so yeah. there's lots of Ian Dixons in the world. Mm -hmm. But I'm big on the socials. Just put my name into Google. I have over 100 videos on YouTube. Uh, I'm big on Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, one of the world's top coaches to follow on Twitter um you'll find me on all the socials so but put my name into google i'm sure you'll find me if you can't then i'm failed i failed miserably and uh, absolutely and what i'll do as well ian just as a fail safe i'll put all of the links into the show notes as well just in case so people can click on those yeah you're a star. And, and find you online and um, so ian we're out of time but thank you so much again for your time today and for sharing such great value with our audience you're very welcome it was the blue shirt show today <laughs> it was indeed <laughs> thanks again